you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter number 5. Genesis chapter number 5. Why don't we stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord? <clears throat> it's got a simple subject today, kind of our, our daily commitment, our daily walk with God. That's my title, Walk with God. Uh, very good example of this in Genesis chapter Chapter number five, a man called Enoch. I pronounce it Enoch. A lot of people say Enoch. Let me see the hands of those that, that don't know who this Bible character is at all. Let me see your hands. Okay, a few. That's fine. So you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know how to pronounce it either way. <laughs> but let me see the ones that pronounce it Enoch. See your hands? Very good. Now let me see the hands of the ones that pronounce it Enoch. All right. All right. Okay, let me see those hands again. Those are more, more of the old schoolers, right? Would, would you? Would, uh, huh? Enoch's, let me see your hands again. Okay. Enoch, let me see those hands. We, this is funny because over here we have one husband, a husband that said Enoch, and, and the wife says Enoch. You know, opposites attract, and that's a beautiful thing. Somebody say amen. 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 It, either way is, is fine. You can, you can look up, you know, you, you, you can Google the name and hit those pronunciation things, and they'll say it, it'll say it for you. But if you go to two different sites, it'll have two different ways. So which is right, who knows? I'm going to go with, with what I always do. We know that Enoch was a man of great faith. Stay with me. Because his testimony in Hebrews chapter 11 was that he, anybody know? That he pleased God. He pleased God. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. The Hebrew writer goes on to say that without it, without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please God. So Enoch obviously had faith. He was obviously a person of faith because he pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So Enoch had it. And Enoch walked with God. He walked by faith. Genesis chapter 5 and verse number 21. I'll read this one alone. Join in with me on the even verses. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years. And he begat Methuselah. Next verse. Everyone in unison together. And Enoch... Now, I'm not going to go into the fact that the dude was really, really old, okay? If you've never read that, that chapter, the chapter 5 of Genesis, those folks lived a whole lot longer then than we live now. Somebody say amen. Is anybody here 300 years, or do you know anybody that's 300 years old? No, but Enoch was. Enoch walked with God. Next verse. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. 24, everybody together? And Enoch, go back to verse number 22. 22 says, and Enoch, what's the next words? He walked with God. Go to 24. And Enoch, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. With God. Just a few verses there, and it gives us a little insight into the life of the man named Enoch. Twice, twice in a few verses, it said that Enoch walked with God. It's not just mentioned once, in case you missed it. 
the first time. Oh, by the way, notice, Enoch walked with God. Just going to talk about walking with God today. Could we pray one more time before we're seated and just ask the Lord's strength and blessing upon his word to our hearts. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your goodness, your love, your mercy, your strength, your power. I just pray, God, that you touch your word to our hearts, encourage somebody today, strengthen somebody today, move in our hearts and our lives, help somebody to be encouraged, help somebody to commit their heart totally and completely to you this morning, to take a step in their commitment with you, in their walk with you, God, to walk closer, to walk deeper, to know you in their power and your resurrection and fellowship of your suffering. God, help us today to walk with you. God bless you. You may be seated. We understand, some of us do, some of us may be new to you, the phrase, walk with God. Some of us, it's a part of our grammar. We say that and, and know what it means. It's, it's how our relationship or how someone's relationship with God is. Walking is a voluntary act. It doesn't say that Enoch was dragged by God. So walking is voluntary, but it also signifies a steady movement or a steady motion. It doesn't suggest going and then stopping and then, and then going a little more and then stopping. Uh, it's a steady motion. It doesn't suggest running hard and, and then stopping and resting. It's a, it's a steady motion of uh, walking. It's a consistent uh, thing. And the third thing that this suggests, that walking suggests, is it's a forward motion. There's, there's progress that's uh, going on. So Walking is a voluntary act that moves us forward at a steady pace. It's constant. So then to walk with God would mean to live a life of surrender to God. A life that says, not my will, but thy will be done. It also means a life that is controlled by God. A life lived for God. The Bible says that Noah walked with God. It says that Abraham walked with God. It says that Isaac walked with God and on and on. So if Enoch pleased God and all we know about him pretty much is that he walked with him, then we know that walking is something that obviously pleases God. Amos chapter 3 and verse number 3 says, can two walk together? unless they be agreed. It's impossible to walk with someone except you agree with them on these three things. The place to which you are walking, the path upon which you are walking, and the pace for which you are walking. So number one, the place. Number one, the place. Where are you headed? What place are you walking to? What is your destination destination for me heaven is my ultimate destination we want to make heaven our home when we leave this place down here on earth Hebrews 11 and 5 says that Enoch or Enoch was translated he was taken up he was bore up taken from one place to another he was he was translated we 
we folks, the church, will be taken up when Jesus splits the eastern sky and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Come on, somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. The Bible declares that only Elijah and Enoch have experienced that. But there's coming a day when we shall not all sleep. When suddenly in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise first, shall be raised incorruptible, and he shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? So we need to know where we're going in order to walk with someone and walking with God. Our destination has to be the same. The second thing, uh, uh, staying on that, on that where we're going, uh, we, need to, we need to live up. We're going to rise. The church will rise uh, when he comes again. But right now, right here, we need to be living up. Not, not living it up, but rather living up. There's a difference. Not necessarily living it up, but uh, living uh, up. In other words, living above the darkness, uh, living above the drama that's in this world, and instead living in the light uh, and the love uh, and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. These words we read and hear are not just philosophical readings or theoretical concepts, but make them practical in your life. Walking with God is practical day in and day out stuff. Live it, walk it, believe it. We are to set our affections on things above and not on things in this earth. Look up in order to live up. So number one, the place, the place. Number two, the path. The path has to agree. It's important to stay on course with God. It's important to stay on course. Are you on track with what God has for you in your life? Are you walking with God? Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 7 says, Don't turn to the right or turn to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Things may get difficult and life comes with difficulty. Life comes with trouble. You'll have some battles to fight, but be purposeful in your disciplines. Be careful to stay on the path of God. Obey his word. Stay the course. Don't veer to the right. Don't veer to the left. Stay the course. Moses told Israel in Deuteronomy 5 verse 32, so you shall observe what the Lord your God is commanding you. He said you shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. Proverbs chapter 4, 26 and 20. 
27 says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. We need to follow God's word in order to stay on his path. Obey God's word to stay on his path. Psalms 119 and 105. Your word, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Live according to the word. Walk in the word. Walk by faith. Trust in God. Follow his word and it'll keep you on the right path. Isaiah 30 and 21, this is the way, walk in it. Romans 8 and 14, they that are led by the Spirit, they be the sons of God. God wants to lead you daily, day in and day out. We must walk with him. And then thirdly, our pace. Our pace needs to be with God. It needs to be right. If we're going to walk with someone, we, we've got to go to the same destination. We've got, we've got to have that, that correct. We, we've got to be on the same path. And then our pace needs to, needs to line up together. Galatians 5.25 from the NIV says, Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with it. Don't, don't, don't get ahead of God. Don't, don't, don't go out and, and get ahead. Don't, don't lag behind. Stay in step with the Spirit. We struggle to be still and know that, that He is God. Walk consistently with Him. It takes daily purposeful actions and conscious intentional decisions seeking God. Consistent isn't up and down. Consistent doesn't start and stop. Consistent isn't run fast and then, and then tire out and have to rest and then run again. The Christian life is one of discipline. It's one of control. Walk with dedication. Enoch walked out the meaning of his name, dedication. If your life right now is all about you, it's all about your glory, your kingdom, your purpose, your plan, then you're headed in the wrong direction. It's all about God's glory. It's all about God's kingdom. It's all about God's purpose. It's all about God's plan. So to walk with God, we need to agree with him. On the place, on the path, and on the pace. It's going to require consistency. It's going to require dedication. It's going to require faith. Listen, folks, ambition, goals are right to have. It's right if you're a teenager and you're in high school to be, to be thinking about what you're going to do next, to be thinking about, about what your degree is going to be in, to be thinking about what school you're going to go to, to be thinking about the plan for your life and the goals that you have. This is a right thing. Don't, don't stop short of, of what you can do. Be what you can be in this world uh, through God and with the help of the Lord. Uh, seek to do what you can do. Uh, try to reach for a higher height. Somebody said, well, I don't have the money to do this, or I'm not smart enough to do this. Uh, you can both get the money, and you are smart enough to do it. Somebody say amen. Don't stop short. Uh, push yourself forward. Have goals. Uh, have dreams. Uh, you can. You can. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do it. 
And for some that maybe are, are, are think that you're beyond that age at this time, that, 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 that it's past you, and, and, and yeah, you might have some schooling when you were young, it's still not past you. My, my mom went to, when I went to Bible college, I went to college first and, and then I went off to Bible college and, and my mom graduated from, from college with her first degree when I graduated Bible college. So it doesn't matter how old you are, if you had something that, 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 that's purposed in your heart or purposed in your mind, go on and finish that. Go on and get with that. Uh, you can do that. Don't let somebody tell you that you can't. Don't let those thoughts in your mind come and say that you can't. You can. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. So it's right, folks, to have dreams, to have goals, to, to have ambitions. God does not disapprove of those things. It's right to, to have those things. Something ought to be inside of you that says, that says I want to be, I want to make something. I want to make a difference with my life. There's something higher than all of that, though, and you must always uh, recognize that and must always uh, allow that to be in your mind. There is something greater than all of that. There's something higher than all of that. Uh, and what the Lord would be telling us uh, that is that calling uh, and calling us to do possibly is that first of all and first and foremost, uh, the primary principle in your life uh, needs to be to walk with God, to walk with Him, to allow Him to be first in everything. Sure, it's good to have this, and sure, it's good to try to do that, but God ultimately has to be first before any of that. Somebody give Him a hand clap. It's walking with him. It's your, it's your daily disciplines. It's your daily relationship with him. He'd rather have you walk with him than preach about him. He'd rather have you walk with him than write books about him. We measure success by all the wrong measuring sticks. If you never stand up here and preach a message, but you walk with him, you're a success by heaven's standards. Did you hear me? You're a success by heaven's standards uh, if you day in and day out uh, have a consistent uh, walk with God. The word walk is used uh, often in scripture for our conduct, uh, for our behavior, for our manner of life. Uh, it is our walk with God, uh, not our run with God, uh, our walk with God. Anybody here ever ran a marathon? Let me see your hands. Few? 5Ks? Let me see your hands. 10Ks? Come on. What's the next level? Half marathon? Okay, there's still a couple. Full marathon, the 26.2. There's still a couple. Let's give these guys a hand. Come on. Now, what's the one beyond that? Because you've done one beyond that, right? Okay, you've not done the ultra. Iron Man. You have done Iron Man, right? Iron, any more Iron, Iron Men or women out there? <laughs> good, good. The thing about marathon is, 
You know, you have to, you have to prepare for those things. And, and it's a running. What's the, what's the marathon that, that folks like to, like to participate in? Well, it's not necessarily in Houston. Somebody said it. Boston Marathon. Anybody run in Boston Marathon? Anybody? Boston Marathon. It's, it's, it's widely followed and, and, and people want to, want to do that and put their, put their check that they said they've done it, you know, or whatever. But Boston Marathon, hundreds of thousands of people line up and, and, and the streets and, and, and they cheer, they cheer on the, the people and you see the ones that come in. Who, who, the ones that, the one that usually finishes first, what's their, what's their physique like? Slim's an understatement. Usually they're about 6'3", and they weigh about 80 pounds, right? Right? About 6'3", 80 pounds. Runs the entire marathon. You got people like me that's, <gasps> after, after just a little bit, but they're running it. Man, they're coming to the finish line, barely breaking a sweat. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. Attention is given to those that, that, that break records at enormous, enormous speeds. It, it wasn't too long ago. He actually, I think he retired in, in 2017. But, but, but if, if you Google right now and you say, who is the fastest man alive? Anybody have any? Yes, that's what, that's what it says. Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt, still known. As the fastest man alive, even though he retired in 2017, had lost a race or two before retiring, but they still say he's the fastest man alive. The eight-time Olympic gold medalist currently holds the official world record in both the men's 100-meter and 200-meter sprints. Anybody know how fast, how fast he peaked at running? Anybody have a clue? Very close. 27.3 miles per hour. Now, folks, some of you don't ride a bicycle that fast. (laughs) I'm going to come down a hill, and Yosem Bolt's coming right by me. I'm going as fast as I can, and I'm not going as fast as he's going running. Think about that. He'd run to packed stadiums on national television, and people cheer him on. But you know what you never see? I mean, he's got sidewalks and, and people walk around your, your neighborhood. So let me see your hands. You know what you never see? You never see people lining up your sidewalk, down your sidewalks. As you see in these aged people walking, walking slowly by, cheering them on. That away. Keep on going. You're doing great. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. There's not crowds lined up in the mall to say to the mall walkers, way to go, Granny. You're doing awesome. They don't do it. Nobody's out there to shout encouragement. Nobody's there to pat them on the back and tell them what a great job they're doing walking. You don't do that. Nobody there to, the masses don't take note of the hours that are spent, the, the dedication that's kept, the, the, the time that they put in to their simple walking. 
There's nobody there to shout to them to keep up the paces. The, they're, they're, they're not there. There's nobody on, on a cold morning when the alarm goes off uh, and they'd rather sleep in, but they roll out of bed anyway and they lace on those, those sneakers and they make their way down to their place of walking, be it a mall or be it a sidewalk. Uh, nobody's watching them because they're just walking. In fact, the only one that even sees the effect of it is the one that monitors the condition of their heart. Their doctor is the one that told them to do that. Their doctor did some type of, of, of physical on them probably and said, you know what, you, you may want to put in some physical activity. You may want to start to walk in. Maybe, you, maybe it'd be good for for your heart. So really the only one that can, can see a difference or, or tell a difference in all the time that they dedicate and all the hours that they spend doing it is the one that's monitoring their heart. Uh, listen, folks, uh, awards simply are not giving out to the ones that spend uh, the most time in a prayer room. Awards are not given out. Uh, people are not cheered on uh, for the one that spends the most time uh, on their knees. Uh, why? Because walking is not a very public uh, event. Uh, fanfare is not given uh, to folks that are walking. Usually when you're walking, there's nobody there to pat you on the back there's nobody there to cheer you on but I'm here to tell you this morning that there is one that notices every time you bow a knee every time you dedicate your heart every time you push back something else there is one that notices every time you give your life more to him every time he's taking note every time you come to an altar to pray and it's the one that's monitoring the condition of your heart. He knows every time you pray. He knows every good word and good deed that you're doing. Come on, somebody. You need to walk with him. You need to dedicate yourself to him. If nobody sees you, if nobody pats you on the back, walk with him. If nobody cheers you on, walk with him. But you feel so alone, go ahead and walk with him. You feel so unappreciated. Still, he wants you to walk with him. You say, but I'm not out front. I'm not a singer. Dedicate your life and walk with him. Walking is done in private. God's looking for someone that will day after day after day after day roll out of bed and just walk with Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Somebody say fly. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Notice the progression here. They fly. They run. And they walk. Folks, when, anybody ever remember when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit first time? See your hands. You first got in church. You first came, felt the power of God. Go home talking about it. Man, there's nothing like it in all the world. God touched my life. God changed my life. God made a difference in my life. What are you doing at that moment? You're swinging from the chandeliers. 
You're soaring as wings as an eagle. You're flying. You don't see any bad in anything. God's good. God's good. You need what I got. God can do for you what he's done for me. Anybody been there? So you're flying when you first get it. And then the progression happens. Soon weeks, months, for some it's days. But you drop off the chandeliers. But you don't, you don't, you don't just drop and then stop. You go from flying to running. And you're still running. Man, this is awesome. God is good. God is good. Prayers are getting answered. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. And you're running. And you're running. Pretty soon you get tired of running. And from flying to running to then it's just walking. And the issue is, I've seen it in church for a while. been doing it for a while. I've seen too many times. Folks can fly. They can soar. They can even run. But when the excitement stops and they don't feel anything and it's not 100 miles an hour and not very good at just simply walking. You got to learn in your walk with God that it's not always going to be mountaintop experiences. You're not always running through a troop and leaping over a wall. It's not always going to be those times, but there, there's sometimes uh, when it's going to be cold. There's sometimes uh, when the heavens seem as brass. There's sometimes uh, when you pray and the answer doesn't come. That's when you have to know and you have to realize uh, that you just simply have to walk with God. You got to walk. You got to keep walking. You're not going to fly all the time. You're not going to run all the time. But those that really have it have learned to walk. When you settle down and say, Jesus, I don't, I don't feel anything, but I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. My first foot of obedience and then a step of faith and then the next step of obedience and then another step of faith and then another step of obedience and then another step of faith. That is walking. He says, when I see that guy or that girl that walks with me, I know they've got something real. Folks, we need to walk with God. 212 verses deal with walking in the Bible. Only five or six of them tell how of those that they, they, uh, of those, they cover three different topics. So three topics the Bible talks about walking. The first three I, I inferred through the actual walking. But these three are, are the biblical how to walk. Number one, we're called to walk uprightly. Psalms 84 and 11 says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Proverbs 2 and 7 says, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Walking uprightly talks about our moral character. Conduct yourself above reproach. Walk uprightly. Be the same thing in private that you are in public. Somebody say amen. Don't close the door and scream all night and then, and then open the door where folks can see you and you're just all smiles. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Be what you are behind closed doors, how you are in front of everybody. Be how you are in front of everybody, how you are behind closed doors. Walk up rightly. And if you can't do that, then some things got to change. Somebody say amen. Amen. Walk up rightly. Be the same. It's not what people think about me. I conduct myself in certain manners because we walk up rightly. There's no way people can generate enough rules to keep you right if you don't want to be right. There's no way for us or anybody to generate enough rules to keep you right if you don't want to be right. It's all a matter of whether or not you choose to walk uprightly. Something needs to get down in our heart and say, it doesn't matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter what she thinks. But let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, walk uprightly. It's your habits. It's your speech. It's your relationships. Walk uprightly. Anybody ever... It wouldn't necessarily have to be dark, but sometimes it happens in the dark because you don't see what's in there. Maybe, maybe you get up in the middle of the night and go, go get a drink of water and you walk through your living room and you, 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 know, you got kids and they left something in the middle of, of the floor, one of, those, one of those crazy toys, and you step on it or you slam your foot up against the corner of a table. Anybody ever done that? Let me see your hands. You? Probably more than I just saw hands. And when you do that, what do you do? Praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Praise God. In all things, give thanks, for it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You walk with a limp. You're a little frustrated. Some of you have done it where, where, where you kind of peeled some skin off that toe. Right? And such a little toe, such a little part of your body, but it has such an effect on you. And then it affects you. What's it affect? Your walk. But it's so little. How can it have anything to do with, with my walk? It does. And in the house, when you're home, just your family around, it's exaggerated. You almost need a crutch, right? But then when you got ready to come to church on Sunday morning, it was covered up. And you thought nobody really could tell that there was something wrong that was affecting your walk. Because you tried your best to walk as best you could. And you didn't think anybody else could notice it. But somebody says, hey, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. But they could tell because it was your, it affected the way you walked. And that's what folks do. It's, it's just a little thing. It, 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 it's not affecting me. It, it really doesn't have an effect in, on my life or, or on anybody else's life. It, it's really just a really small thing, but you don't realize it's affecting the way you walk. 
You convince yourself that, oh, it's, it's really nothing. It's really, it's real. we can just hide it. We can just, we can just do it and, and do something else. Uh, say the right things and go through the right motions and try to hide it. But down inside, our spirit is limping and our spirit is hobbling. And it shows that, that something is wrong. And what we should do is come to an altar and say, Jesus, heal this broken heart of my life. Heal this thing I've been hiding. I want to walk uprightly before you. To ask him to help us. The second way to walk is to walk worthy. Ephesians 4 and verse One says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Colossians 1 and 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful into every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12 says that you would walk worthy worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory worthy of it's the right weight it's the it's the proper weight it's the it's the scale if the scale was was off if it wasn't set right if somebody was trying to cheat you on a scale they it would not be worthy it would not it would not be set to the proper to the proper balancing it was not worthy but what we want to do is we want to be worthy we want to be we want to be the right weight the proper weight The scale needs to be set and balanced. What you advertise isn't worthy or it wasn't worthy if it wasn't balanced. Let's be what we advertise to be. Let's be what we say we are. Let's walk worthy of the vocation. Somebody say hallelujah. Peter's in the garden. Jesus told him right before, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And Peter said, no way, Lord. No way. I'll go with you to prison. I'll go with you to death. I'll never deny you. And then the soldiers come in the garden. I believe that what Peter said, he meant what he said. Because Peter gives us the, the actions behind his words. What's Peter do as soon as the soldiers come? He drew a sword. He drew a sword. And the sword that he drew, where did it hit? It cut off the servant of the high priest's ear. He drew a sword, polished enough to cut off the ear, polished enough to hit the ear, but it never made it to the heart. Peter was polished enough to get to the ear. He was polished enough for him to to hear right. But it never got to the heart worthy. We're talking about walking worthy. We're talking about walking and being what we say we are. We are the people of God. We can't be so polished that it's only an ear thing. That it's only a hearing thing. The hour demands that it'll be much more than polished. That we're more than just programs and more than just going through the motions we've got to be able to minister to people's hearts Peter cut off an ear that day but after the day of Pentecost he stood on that day and he preached to 3,000 that were converted and then several after that in Acts chapter 3 he's going up to the temple at the hour of prayer and there he is there he is one lame there and they're reaching out to receive something from him and Peter says still Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have 
it went beyond the ear at that moment. Uh, Acts chapter 3 was not just a hearing thing. Uh, It wasn't just up here, but there it got down on the inside and did something different. Peter was who he said he was, uh, and God worked through him. Walk worthy. Third thing is walk uh, walk humbly. We've got to walk humbly before the Lord. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. How can two walk together except they agree? You gotta humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that He'll exalt you in due time. How can you walk if you don't agree? They, they need to be heading in the same place, they need to be on the same path, you be going at the same pace. When you walk with Jesus, you don't walk conveniently. You put your hand in His hand and you walk where He leads you. And where He leads you, you follow when you don't understand where you don't understand the path that you're on but you walk with him anyway when I take turns that you don't understand Jesus says walk with me anyway when I lead you down paths that you don't understand, walk with me anyway. You, you may think you know best, but I know how to get you where you need to be. So walk with me, he says. Walk humbly. Go where he goes. Walk humbly with him. The path is sometimes different than we would anticipate. But you walk with God. And every now and then, you've got to lay everything down. You've got to set aside or turn aside like Moses did when he went up to investigate that burning bush. He was doing a good thing. He was herding the sheep. There was something that was drawing him. The bush that burned with fire yet was not consumed. The Bible says that he turned aside. He turned everything else off. And he went. And he had an encounter with God. Every now and then you got to just come back to an altar. Say, God, I need you. God, I need you. It's a humbling thing to do, but he showed you, old man, what's good. That you walk humbly before God. Noah, what'd you do? What'd you do, Noah, to win God's favor? Genesis 6 and 8 says, Noah walked with God. Abraham, what'd you do, Abraham, to, to gain the promises? More places than I have time to list. The Bible says that Abraham walked where God led him. Enoch, what'd you do to attract God's attention to where you escaped death and was not for God took him. And Enoch led dynamic praise teams and was not 
for God took him. Enoch was noted for his stunning oratory and was not for God took him. Enoch was known far and wide throughout the land and was not for God took him. Enoch only wore the finest clothes and drove the finest cars and lived in the nicest homes and was not for God took him. Enoch, what'd you do? What'd you do that so captivated God that he just caught you up into heaven? Enoch could say it wasn't much. I just walked with him. I just walked with him. And something about that, something about that daily walking with him distinguished me from any of those who were even more talented than I. Something about that distinguished me from those that even had more ability than me. Something about that distinguished me from my peers. I just walked with him. Until one day, maybe the Lord said, we're closer to my house than yours. So why don't you just come on home with me? I wonder if anybody here in the house this morning wants to walk with him. Day in and day out. Just commit your life wholly, completely, and totally to him. And just walk with him. Hand in hand where he'll lead you, you'll follow a step of faith, a step of obedience. But I've got some troubles, you might say. I've got some problems. I've got some situations that, that I can't seem to fix. The first thing you need to do is you need to start walking with Him. You need to start walking with Him. Dedicate your life to Him. Commit your life to Him. Day in and day out, walk.